from the Stanley P. Kazakowski Memorial Studio at WSOU. Seton Hall University, South Orange, New Jersey. Welcome to Thank God for Monday. Number of the Greg Cellini, the Franciscan Brothers of Brooklyn, the class of 85. Once again, my great pleasure to be your co-moderator for our show today. Saturday, September 28, 2019. Co-host Gina Pirro is once again with us, making the drive down from beautiful Brooklyn. Great morning, Gina. Good morning, Brother Greg. The purpose of Thank God for Monday is to inspire you, our listeners, to take personal responsibility for your professional satisfaction. We want to provide you hope and healing and peace in these turbulent times and motivate you to search deep inside yourself in the quest for fulfillment. Alicia Keys just said it perfectly. There's nothing you can't do. As always, listeners, really up to you is how to utilize the information we provide, take full accountability for the decisions you make, and the resulting outcomes. Now, one of the goals of Thank God for Monday is to introduce role models. Role models of people who take very bold steps in their work lives. And this is why we are so pleased that Dan Cooper, co-author of Sharpen, a guidebook for business ownership and adventures in leadership, has called into our WSOU studios this morning. Great morning and welcome to Thank God for Monday, Dan. Good to be here, Brother Greg, Gina. Uh, The pleasure is absolutely all ours. Kindly share with the listeners from what city you're speaking today. Uh, Overland Park, Kansas. It's a suburb of Kansas City. I had the great honor in 1977 as a key clubber to get to Kansas City. What a beautiful, beautiful part of God's country. No doubt about and, that. Uh, and the home of amazing barbecue. <laughs> <laughs> I want to visit now. You, you sold you me. <laughs> you made the listeners, Gene and I, very jealous. No doubt about that. Wonderful. So let's get right into our discussion what was your entrepreneurial journey? So I came from a house of an entrepreneur. Um, and growing up around the kitchen table, we were his board of advisors. Um, so once I graduated, the only thing I knew what we were supposed to do is to become an entrepreneur. So I started a multimedia company. Uh, when I got out of school, that's the first time you could edit video um, on a computer and, mm. uh, HD cameras were three grand instead of 150 grand. Wow. Um, wow. and so it was pretty easy to go out and sell projects. Um, two years into that, uh, the entire business crashed, uh, due to September 11th. Wow. I had, um, two or three quarters of projects ready that just in one day went away. Right. So, uh, that was my first foray into a company, um, ended up selling, uh, software and technology. Uh, I got downsized and outsourced. And I'm thinking, what is this regular job thing? And what is going on? (laughs) And so I ended up starting another company, uh, this time both with my father and a partner of his. And this was really where my leadership journey began. Um, So mid-20s startup company uh, grew, um, added employees, added locations, and ultimately uh, took an exit uh, of that company in 2012. Uh, The funny thing that I learned in that is that um, people uh, from a me to we uh, type of leadership style um, and 
all the things I didn't have, I wanted to be able to figure out how to give to other people, and that's why I got to what I do today. So uh, what I do now is uh, Acumen. We are a mastermind and peer advisory uh, group company um, that uh, helps owners and CEOs and executives through um, executive coaching and uh, uh, teams of uh, other CEOs that sit around the table together. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned earlier one, you know, big challenge that you had faced when you had, you know, worked for t- essentially two years and then it all kind of went away in a day. Were there any other maybe more daily struggles that you faced as well? Mm. So the funny thing is when you lead a company, not only do you have to understand the, the vision of where you're supposed to go, um, but how you're going to do it. And so uh, through that 10-year period of you know startup uh, and growth is – what are your values and how do you look at those um, and who are you as a person? And so we're in this great decompartmentalization in our world right now. Um, I'm a father over here. I'm a sister over there. Uh, you know, I have a job, me, I have a school, me, um, right. and uh, I have a faith, me, and um, it's a big house and it's got a bunch of rooms in it. And what we're trying to do in with people is to decompartmentalize is all one room, just one big room. Um, and so your, your faith and your values and how you want to lead and where you want to go, um, all point in the same direction. Mm -hmm. And so that was one of those things. I had an aha moment where, um, you know, I had wife and house and kids and cars and you sit up and you go, this all there is, Is this all there is. And so that's when we go from a me to a we. Mm-hmm. Well, what an amazing, amazing journey you've had. And it's funny because I was going to ask you, was there one turning point in the life of like St. Francis of Assisi, St. Paul, and so many others? There's that one conversion moment. And I'm not sure if you just alluded to it or if there was possibly another turning point in your great journey. And if so, Dan, what was it, please? Yeah, so... Um in companies, they're full of people, so of course they're all crazy, right? Because <laughs> um, we're all crazy. And so towards uh, the middle of 2012, um, through a lot of pride, a lot of egos, and a bunch of lawyers, um, our company partnership uh, broke up. We effectively got a divorce. Oh, so wow. much life, uh, and it, it happens, right? Um, just like in any relationship, people grow, they start to look. Um, at different things. They have different goals and hopes and dreams. And so um, it was the right place and it was the right time for this to happen. So much like that first company, one day I was CEO. The next day I wasn't. Mm. And it was jarring that this platform, this company that you have that gives you um, impact and you can touch people's lives, it was I didn't know what I had when I had it mm-hmm. until it was gone. And once it was mm-hmm. gone, it's like, ooh, how do I help other leaders find out that story early so they can impact um, the 20, 30, 100,000 people that they lead every day and not wait for retirement to go, you know, work at some nonprofit or charity. The mm-hmm. biggest impact point in your life is while you were in 
your company. Mm-hmm. Hands down. People have said to Gene and I that it's much easier to analyze the past than it is to try to predict the future. Dan, if you could have done a couple of things differently, what would they have been, please? Mm. So there are seven challenges that we see with almost every leaders, and I think I fell into that bucket as well. Um, One would be uh, I didn't have any community. Uh, You have your head down. You're doing the hustle. You're just trying to make it every day. The market's hard. It has no grace. Um, And so to not have any mentors or advisors or a community around me to say, hey, you're crazy, or, ooh, you should go talk to this Mm -hmm. person, or, ooh, I've been through that. Um, So that would be one. Two uh, is that I didn't want to have hard conversations. And so to learn how to have, uh, and that's how you get divorced, is over time you just ignore each other and you don't take the time and the effort of what got you there. It's kind of like when you're dating. When you're dating, uh, you take all this time and you call each other and you text each other, uh, but 10 years after you've been married, it's, it's just different. So yeah. mm. um, how do you have hard conversations you know you need to have um, there? Uh, and that comes into clarity around communication. If you are foggy, it's hard to lead and it's hard to maintain relationships. So being clear and uh, having clear communication is super mm-hmm. important. Absolutely. And so, I mean, I think we all have things that we wish we had done differently, but the important thing is what we learn, right? What we learn from them. If there's one key lesson that you've learned from your incredible journey, what do you think it would be? Wow. It's a hard one. Yeah, it's... uh... Maybe one or two. Yeah, (laughs) sure. So... um... One would be this idea of decompartmentalization, right? Um, Who are you? So we have this idea we call plain glass and stained glass. And um, stained glass is the inside, right? It's your heart, it's your soul, it's your faith. Um, I'm careful to use the word religion. Religion has a bunch of, oh gosh, all these feelings come in when I say religion. I think rules and I think, uh, you know, whatever baggage I'm carrying, um, but your faith is what drives you. It gives you your framework, and it gives you the building blocks of who you're going to be when you go out to the world. Um, and then plain glass is who you are in the hustle, in the marketplace, out doing the thing, trying to create uh, the most profitable, uh, biggest, baddest company that impacts as many people as you possibly can. And so it's the bringing together of this plain glass and stained glass to they lay over each other, and what we find is that um, that's a great way to go to market because people are like, gosh, why are you like that? And that gives you a reason to tell your story. Mm-hmm. So I think one of the big things is what is your stained glass and how do you identify it? And um, what is your why beyond just, hey, I'm going to hustle and I like to do this for a living and I want to make a bunch of money. Um, we want that for you, too. But let's do it in a way that is aligned uh, values head with heart. Right, right. That's one of the most important things, even when it comes to choosing a job or or choosing an organization to work for. It is. And I think companies 
need to start to think that way because job seekers are starting to think that way. They're looking below the surface, below the marketing, below the brand to what is the essence. Um, so as a leader, you want to you put that out there um, more than just words and actions. Mm-hmm, very important. And you had mentioned a little bit about this earlier, and I think we got kind of a little bit of a glimpse, but could you tell us more about what exactly it is that you do now? Mm. So um, trying to find something that matched my head and heart. Um, the online training company that I ran had 30 companies a year with thousands of employees that would come, and I learned all sorts of sales models and pricing models and mental models and leadership models. So I had all these strange things in my head mm-hmm. and I had to figure out how do I use those to the best of my ability. And I was looking for a way to sit alongside entrepreneurs and leaders to um, coach and or mentor and uh, give them all this weird knowledge that I had. So ended up uh, partnering up with uh, the founder of Acumen, um, which exists to sharpen, challenge, and inspire CEOs and owners of companies through executive coaching and then peer mastermind groups, which is a group of 12 uh, CEOs or owners sitting around a table doing personal and professional development. Oh, wow. Wow, that's pretty cool. I don't think I've ever heard of that. That sounds very fascinating. No doubt about that. Listeners, for anyone who's just tuned in, welcome to Thank God for Monday, uh, the weekly talk show about the workplace here in WSOU 89.5 FM locally, streamed around the world, www.wsou.net. I'm Brother Greg from the Franciscan Brothers of Brooklyn, class of 85. Our wonderful co-host, Gina Pirro, is once again with us. We have a very, very special guest for our show this morning on Saturday, September 28th. 2019. His name is Dan Cooper. He is the president of a company by the name of Acumen and co-author of Sharpen, a guidebook for business ownership and adventures in leadership, calling in all the way from lovely Kansas. And we've been talking about the book and his incredible journey, uh, entrepreneurial journey, some key lessons he's learned, what he might have done differently, and his exciting role uh, as president of Acumen. And we're going to shift gears just a bit, Dan, if that's okay with you, because how do you see experience, ownership, and leadership, if you will, in business as a platform to impact the kingdom? So think about your circle of influence personally. If you draw a circle, um, put all the people in your family in it. And if you draw another circle around that, then put all of your first-order connections. And then if you draw a circle around that, you can start to think about all the people outside at the coffee shop in these kind of third- and fourth-order connections. Mm -hmm. You personally, just as an individual, can impact and influence a ton of people. Now, you Mm. put that on the platform of a company that then has clients, it has employees, it has vendors and partners and then this is an exponential function. And so how you go to work and what you do in your work can impact and influence every one of those people. So the only thing in life that is eternal is people. 
So why wouldn't we try to take that and impact people as much as we can? Um, so an example, um, how your uh, company is structured, how you manage or lead um, programs that you put on. One of our clients uh, decided that they wanted to do a popular money management program to help people uh, budget. And one of their employees ended up taking the program um, and uh, ended up being able to pay off all their credit card debt and buy their house, uh, their first house. So that's just like one simple way of, okay, taking the resources that you have, putting it into a simple program to give back to your employees that then affects their world and whatnot. So what downstream things can we do today versus just writing a check, right? It's easy to write a check. Go to the big chicken dinner, put on the fancy, <laughs> put on the fancy stuff, write, write the check, feel good, right? Mm. Or there's this like long-term impact. And so that is what we're trying to key on, or at least the message uh, to try to breach to uh, make people think twice. Boy, that's absolutely awesome. Now, you are working with a lot of business owners. What are the biggest challenges you're seeing in 2019, September, with business owners? Yeah. So, you know, we talked about some of them, the lack of community, um, hard conversations, uh, and um, uh, communication. Uh, Some others I would add, um, in every company, there are some six-ton sacred cows. There are things that we've done it because we've always done it that way. And you don't know they're sacred cows until somebody starts poking at them. <laughs> and so by being in a, a, a community or a, a team, people can question that. Um, you know, when you sign someone's paycheck, it's hard to have them question you. So where do you go to have your six-ton sacred cows questioned? Um, and whatever sunk cost bias that you have. You know, we all have biases. Um, if you've invested in projects, uh, there's a lot of losing projects. We waste money everywhere. Um, that's sunk cost. A lot of times we continue to do it because, well, we've always done it. So how do you question those? And every company has that all over the place. Um, this me versus we, you know, when you're a founder and you started a company, it was me. I took out the trash, I cleaned the bathroom, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I did all the, uh, you know, the accounting. And as I add people, I'm the subject matter expert. I know everything. Um, no, I already did it that way. And so this shift has to take place of um, I'm the man or woman to, hey, we're going to go win. And the spotlight from me to the spotlight on somebody else. Mm. Um, and then the other part is, is, near and dear to my heart is that uh, what's the succession plan and and how's your partnership relationship look like um we there's a reason why partnerships exist it's because we go farther and faster with other people right yeah. uh and at the same time they're really hard so how do you keep that communication going and how do you make sure that whatever legacy you want to create uh you plan for it now versus getting to the end and saying, now what? Right. 
these challenges are daunting, no doubt about it. And I couldn't help but chuckle when you mentioned about sacred cows. We have a favorite expression, the Franciscan Brothers of Brooklyn, sacred cows make the best burgers. So, <laughs> trying to really get rid of them. Oh, my god! It gosh. all comes back to barbecuing again. Yes, that's like right. <laughs> Some brother Greg humor. I love it. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so... Um, we're going back to this book now, and what an amazing book that you have written with Drew Hiss. So what was it that motivated the two of you to write this book? Uh, so love, knowledge, love, leadership. But, you know, leaders are readers. So I'm a voracious reader um, and, and content ingester. And if you've read any sort of self-help and or leadership type style books, start hearing the same thing over and over. And one of the concepts in mental models is first principles, is, hey, let's get to the earliest first thing, break it apart and get to um, the raw stuff so that we can build on that as opposed to starting from, you know, this deep knowledge base. And as we were thinking about business ownership and leadership, um, what if, what's, what's the first principle of that? And it's got to be Solomon, the wisest, richest, mm. most you know, amazing leader, um, and he wrote a book of wisdom. Imagine that. Mm. So um, what's great about Proverbs, um, which is the book that we uh, dissected, is you can read it with many lenses, right? You can read it from, oh, you know, a, a father's point of view, or you can read it from a mother's point of view. So we read it with a lens of leadership and business. Um, Proverbs is great. It's about 31 chapters, about 30 verses per chapter. Um, but Solomon had ADD. There's a verse on um, anger and a verse on mm. finance, and it's all mishmashed together. So the brilliance of it is any one day you could go read and take something from it. Right. Um, the challenge of that is you can read any one day and go, I'm not sure what I'm supposed to take from it. So our initial thing was to um, put all of the Proverbs into their correct bucket by topic and then hand that out and right. say, okay, when you have a leadership challenge, here's a great place to go first. Um, and as we did that, uh, we started seeing challenges with, so how do I integrate that? That's great. That's 3,000 years old. I get it. It's, it's truth. And when I read it, I know it's truth. What am I supposed to do? And so mm. uh, we started taking tools and models of today and integrating them. So it's, it's truly this um, faith-life integration with very real concepts. Mm-hmm. So let me give you an example. Yeah. Um, Decision-making is hard. There's, uh, it's probably the hardest thing leaders do. Um, how to get something done is actually fairly easy. That's what Google's for. Mm-hmm. How, <laughs> you can find out how to do anything, right? Right. What, what you decide to focus on, really hard, um, mm-hmm. because there's so many options and opportunities. Um, and emotions run high. So there is a, a concept from Susie Welch's book, 10, 10, 10, and it's you take any decision and you run it through a 10, 10, 10 filter. Mm. So that is, hey, take this decision I'm about to make. How will I feel about it in 10 minutes, oh. in 10 days, oh. 10 months, Smart. 10 years, right? And you quickly take the emotion out and you put yourself in a future state and say, okay, all right, how will I feel about this in 10 years? Uh, we would then add a values multiplier on that and would say, would you make that decision 10 times? Would you make it 100 times? 
but you make it a thousand times. Wow. And that then gets both pieces, right? You get your head and your heart um, put into the same box because I can convince myself to make a lot of decisions once. <laughs> right. um, but would I do that ten times? So that's like a, a very simple way of taking some wisdom and dropping some newfound uh, models on it. It's clear, Dan, to Gene and I that you're doing some very exciting work. What's your vision? What would you like to accomplish with Sharpen and this great work that you're doing? So the goal of Sharpen is to um, open leaders' eyes to um, the, all the knowledge that we've gained, one, um, sitting across and around tables, you start to see things over and over. And so, um, one, it's to know, hey, you're not alone. Um, you're not on an island. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can create a peninsula, right? There's a way to <laughs> attach something on to, right. your, to your company. Um, and then, two, it's how do you truly integrate faith and work in a way that doesn't feel like, hey, you want to talk about Jesus? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, how awkward is that? So uh, <laughs> how do you live it versus speak it? Um, and then it's all this stuff is built on just good old-fashioned leadership. Um, all things rise and fall in leadership, and leading yourself is the hardest thing to do. So how do you just be a better leader, right? So in that, it, it's those two big ones, and then oh, here's a guidebook, a thing you can put on your shelf and go back to again and again and again, either for, hey, what might Solomon say about that? Or B, ooh, what was that model that we can use in our leadership team meeting on how to have a tough conversation or um, how to think through an investment opportunity? Mm-hmm. Uh, very real stuff. Very cool and very practical. No question about that. Sorry to say we've only got about two minutes, Dan, but I've got two very important final questions for you. Sure. I'm loving especially page 289 of this great book. It uh, has a nice picture of you, and it says, Dan Cooper and his wife, Allie, married 19 years, three children, attending Kiravar's Church in Leewood, Kansas. You enjoy all things soccer, snowboarding, and burning meat on the backyard barbecue <laughs> grill, so it comes back to the grilling again. But... In all seriousness, you've accomplished so much in your life. Do you have a sense what's next for Dan Cooper? Mm. I think it's getting this message out. Um, Actually, I'll turn that around. So what's next? What's next is concentrating on the most valuable asset that I have, and that is my family. The... Uh, it's we try to impact this world in so much companies, and I I love this. I love to go uh, create opportunity and generate revenue. At the same time, the four people in my house can impact the world through me more than anything I could do from a company. So, uh, yeah, vocation of fatherhood. So important. Wow, that's beautiful. That is beautiful. And unfortunately, we're running out of time today. But I do want to ask, from where can our loyal listeners purchase the book, Sharpen, and connect with you to continue this conversation? You bet. Uh, You can go to sharpenbook.com. 
And the book is available at all of your favorite retailers, whether that's Amazon or Barnes & Noble, and all the formats and all the places uh, that you'd love to go. So sharpenbook.com. Wonderful. And again, the full title of the book is Sharpen, a guidebook for business ownership and adventures in leadership written by Dan Cooper and Drew Hiss. And speaking of following and connecting, reminder for our listeners to also follow our Thank God for Monday TGFM social media. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn. Gina, thank you very, very much. And again, thank you, Gina, for all the fabulous work you're doing here as our Director of Marketing and Communication and co-host. Dan Cooper, we cannot thank you enough for gracing our airwaves today. We've been enlightened, yes. We've been much more inspired regarding this great book, your background, and just how to conduct oneself. And I also love very much how you shared your lessons and what you've learned and as you said, some of the pitfalls and some of the things that didn't work out so well. You took a lot of great lessons out of those. And thank you for the vulnerability and sharing those with us. We wish you continued joy, success, happiness, and great contribution uh, to this world of ours. No doubt about that. Uh, my pleasure. Thanks, Brother Greg. Gina. Thank Peace. you. Peace to you as well. Listeners, sadly, once again, we're out of time. Brother Greg and Gina saying our hope and prayer is that when you wake up on Monday morning, just like Dan does, you'll say, thank God for Monday. For some final blessings today, our Hall of Famer, Stanley P. Kozakowski. Most Holy Virgin, Mother of God, Mother of all nations, whose image of Tzimst Jehovah Shrine bears scars by hostile hands, through your intercession, obtain from your divine Son peace through truth and justice for the beleaguered people of the world. Queen of Peace, replace their despair by hope, dissension by love, darkness by the light of Christ. Despise not our petition, O Queen of the Universe, but in your mercy keep under your protection their heritage of the rights of man and true freedom. O clement, O loving, O sweet Virgin Mary, amen. Our Lady of Tzimst, Jehovah, please pray for us. <laughs>